Welcome to the Walk the Talk podcast series, a very special short series as part of FinTech with Nadia, the DEI discussions. Through tangible action and clear follow-up, we are here to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. And today we are joined by Laura Rofe, the Strategic Partnerships Manager at PPRO. Now, PPRO are a company dedicated to working with payment service providers and local payment methods to help merchants optimize the payment experience for their customers. Laura started her career at Westpac in Australia, being one of the 123 individuals chosen out of the 5,000 who applied for their grad scheme. And since then, her career has gone from strength to strength, so much so that now she is seen as one of the powerhouses in the UK fintech scene. She is back on Fintech with Nadia, the DEI discussions to share with us tangible steps for inclusion. Laura, I'm super excited to have you back. Welcome. Thank you so much, Nadia. I'm super excited to be here. So for anybody that missed the first pod, can you just give us a bit of an intro about PPRO? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you touched on it just now, but it's basically PPRO, um, we are a payments um, infrastructure provider, and essentially we're able to offer our, our partners access to local payment methods across the world, and essentially help them expand and, and grow into new markets. Um, now, you may ask, you know, what is local payment methods? Um, well, around the world, there, there are local payment methods in preferred ways from region to region, country to country. Um, here in the UK, you might see the likes of MasterCard, you know, Visa, Klarna with their buy now, pay later. And these are all local payment methods available um, and, and used uh, by UK customers. In China, it's somewhat different. Maybe you heard of Alipay. Um, and, and some payment methods span across, you know, multiple uh, different countries, the likes of likes of PayPal. And, and through our technology, you know, PPRO allows our partners to integrate by one integration to have access to all of these um, local payment methods. Um, so, so yeah, well, we definitely um, very sort of quite niche within the payment market. But in terms of us as a company, you know, growing exponentially. Last year, we received significant um, investment and hit unicorn status of evaluation of around one billion. And in more recent news, um, actually, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, we um, announced the acquisition of an Australian-focused fintech company called Alpha Fintech, and essentially. By adding their technology to, to, to our solution, we'll essentially be able to provide and deliver products and services to our partners much faster and, and, and at scale. So, so yeah, lots happening in the world of people. Wow. And that's so exciting about that fintech in Australia. Like you've, you've come full circle. I know. I was very excited to hear, being Australian myself, that um, that we're, we've acquired an Australian business. Um, but essentially, that that it's, it's their technology that we'll be able to overlay. But yes, come full circle, and yeah. now we have um, more colleagues um, in the land down under. Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Now, look, you're an incredible advocate in the community, and for, and you've been such a good good advocate for me personally too. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for inclusion and what you do for others to? advocate for them yeah no um absolutely you know for me i mean you've touched on it previously and how important you know being an advocate um is uh, for individuals so you know i have my role at ppro and 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 that um is fantastic it, not only as my role as a strategic account manager um i also um lp also sort of 
allows me to focus and support on diversity um, and inclusion, um, <clears throat> as well as you know my, my passion around looking at sort of mentoring. So at PPRO, I'm actually um, part of the recently formed ESG committee, and we're looking at um, you know setting up. Um, mentoring programs, we have buddy programs within PPRO. Um, so so I, I'm really excited to be part of an organization where I can help support it and, and drive that side of things as well. But um, outside PPRO for me, you know, I work with a, a number of, of charities, uh, one of those being um, Brightside, um, where I'm a mentor for a number of um, uh, online high school programs that they have, um, where um, I mentor young students um, when it comes to sort of career advice and, and direction. Um, uh, it, that's become quite an important area for me more and more so. Um, I realise if I look back on, on my career back when I was a high school student or even when I was at university, I was like, you know, actually, I don't really know what um, I want to do. So understanding, you know, the industry, um, an industry where not only have a gender gap now and you working in recruitment, we actually have sort of that, that labor shortage um, as well. So how are we going to improve on the labor gap if we don't have um, potential candidates in the field? So I'm actually also um, a trustee on the board of uh, a UK youth charity that's recently rebranded to, to Sculp. And in fact, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you, Nadia, but I, the other week I got acceptance into the 2022 London Marathon. Wee, um, so I'm going to be running and raising um, money in support of Sculp for that. So wish wish me luck. I've never run a marathon before, but um, but that will that will be exciting. But also, you know, along with um, Sculpt as well, they've um, run actually this month a, a series of International Women's Month. Um, and I've been leading a webinar that's themed around educating young women um, on the finance sector. So we're discussing things like why it's sort of such a hot industry right now, types of opportunities, and how to work towards getting a, a job in the field. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really sort of excited about that um, and working with these different organisations. You know, for, for me, uh, I've gone through my career and, and, and I'm very grateful for, for where I am and, and what I've learned along the way. And I want to be able to, to give back and help others um, from, from the experience and journey that I've had. And I think it's so important because mentoring is such a big piece of what you've discussed here. Um, but mentoring, you know, it needs... It needs mentees, it needs mentors, right? So tell us how people can get involved from, from each of these sides. Yeah, exactly. So so you hit the nail on the head. There's kind of two different facets here. You can be um, be mentored, uh, known as a, a mentee, or um, to, to be um, to be a mentor. So so in terms of um, a mentee, I mean, um, for me, I think I've touched on that in the last podcast that we had, but... Um, uh, if I'd had kind of a mentor back um, earlier in my career, I, I think that that may have impacted things differently. Just having that that guide, uh, someone more senior who who knows the ways and, and providing their feedback, being an ally, um, as you mentioned, really can have a significant impact on on you and, and your day to day role. So, I suppose you know one of the key things if you're looking at um you know find, being a mentee and finding a mentor you really need to figure out you know why you want to be mentored and 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 what do you want to get out of it i think there's two there are two key questions and areas that you really need to sort of drill down and and the reason i say that is that <clears throat> there are many ways to kind of find a mentor but um, you also have to remember that a mentor is someone who's going to be you know committing their time to you and, and in today's sort of 
fast you know industry and and how you know life moves along um people you know will be investing their time and that's quite precious so so what will they essentially be getting getting out of this if they're, they're looking to be a mentor so um i think answering that and having a full understanding of that is very important um, there's many sort of channels in which you can find a mentor. So, you know, first and foremost, I would have a look at your current network. Who, who do you know? Um, who do you think someone within your industry or is, is inspiring to you? Someone who might pops up on your social media or your LinkedIn, or you've seen somebody write an interesting or comment on an interesting article. And, and it's good to have um, some sort of, you know, a, a connection or, or um, to, to the person that you're looking to, to have a mentor from. So, you know, other channels are things like, you know, does your organization offer a coaching or, or a mentoring program? And if they don't, you know, why not reach out and ask if that's something that they might sort of help facilitate? Um, you know, HR teams uh, have a lot of knowledge and often have a lot of knowledge or might might have some guidance around um, options or ways, ways to go about this. Um, they could even connect you with, you know, a senior manager within the business who might be open or interested in, in, in offering that. And then, you know, there's also external organisations. I know one that um, I've sort of worked with before um, is Women in Payments. Um, they're a global organisation and, and they offer a mentoring programme um, as a service where they connect you with other women who kind of signed up and want to be mentors as such. So there's a number of channel, channels in which you can look to finding um, or a mentor. So and then there's the other side of the coin of where you want, um, if you're looking at becoming a mentor and wanting someone to be able to to, to mentor, there's there's other avenues you can look at. So I, I touched on some and said I was a, a mentor for um, within a couple of charities that actually have structured programs that you can sign up and become a part of. Like um, you know, Brightside is one that I, I work with, um, and there's so many out there that are really desperate need of trying to find mentors so i'm sure you'd have no no qualms about that they also you know offer um, levels of training you might be like oh i want to be a mentor but how do i be a mentor so um uh, definitely a lot of the organizations that provide that for you and being a mentor i mentioned before is an investment um, of your time so there's there's charities where Yes, you can meet face to face. I've worked with some programs that just last for like six to eight weeks. Um, so you can essentially um, uh, look at, you know, fit it in with your schedule at the end of the day. Um, and there's a lot of reward around being a mentor as such. You know, you're helping to sort of nurture talent, you're, you're giving back. Um, so for me, I, I, I think um, this is something that like I've mentioned, is a big passion for me. And it also really much ties in with um, what you've mentioned before, Nadia, around, you know, being an advocate um, and, and helping to um, and champion and encourage um, individuals uh, to, to grow and, and learn and develop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is just such a, a perfect thing for us to be talking about on this special series that we're calling Walk the Talk. How do you actually do what you want to be doing and I think there's a lot of people out there that want to be mentors but they're not exactly sure like what they need to do first to be able to do that you have just given a really really clear step-by-step -step guide that means all of us can get involved in this and I think that's just brilliant before we move on I just wanted you to uh, share some of the successes of your work um, with the youth charity and the women's advisory board because there's lots of successes there and I didn't want to um, shoot past them too quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So, so as I mentioned, you know, running this um, sort of education series um, with uh, Sculpt um, as a charity. And yeah, for, for me, one thing I think is very important is that we want to be able to start educating the youth of today so they can essentially become our fintech leaders of tomorrow, really. Um, and, and that's why I really um, you know, enjoy working with this particular charity. Um, they're very much about education and developing skills of UK youth and, and, and developing content that's essentially off the back of user groups. So asking the very people who are the target audience. So and, and taking that information about what they want to learn, what they want to upskill on and then and then and, and then feeding that back. Um, so, so for me, that's that's a, a great, great initiative right there. Um, you know, one other thing actually um, uh, that I also wanted to touch on that uh, people might not necessarily be aware of around sort of a, a lot of UK charities, particularly smaller ones, are going through a lot of sort of challenging times as well. Um, a lot of them would have previously have received a lot of EU funding and post-Brexit, that's sort of been, been removed as what. So, um, you know, I definitely also ask, you know, reach out and support your local charities where you can. Um, they're doing a lot of, lot of great work. Um, you touched on the Women's Advisory Board. That's one element um, in which um, this particular charity um, is focusing on as well, uh, around gender, gender diversity um, and inclusion for, for young women. And, and, and I think that's just a, a great, great initiative um, to start supporting um, women at, at a young age. It, it's just fantastic. And this is all starting to form a bit of a theme because we spoke in your last pod about succession planning, how important that is. Now, I know you're a big believer in succession planning as a way to affect real change for gender equality. Um, can you tell us how people can walk the talk here as well? Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, succession planning is a great sort of longer term strategy for helping to to improve the, the gender gap um, and, and within across any industry, I think this is something that can essentially be applied. So um, a succession planning, I think, does a, a number of different things. You know, it helps you to be able to identify um, talent within your organisation. I think it's also about rewarding that talent and, and then retaining that talent. Um, essentially, you're developing, you know, fast track program to management um, and, and leadership. Um, and we also need to be thinking about, yes, successful planning absolutely help, helps with that and helps continue that growth. And, and when it comes to, to women within your organisation, um, looking at how we can increase and, 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 and put those leaders at, at, in place, essentially, because that's where we're starting to, to notice the, the real differences, I think, with the gender, gender gap. You know, more and more fintech companies are doing a great job at, you know, bringing on board talent at entry level, but it's those still were very much lacking um, at a senior management level. So that's where succession planning can really help um, with that. But I think, you know, off the back of that as well, Nadi, we also need to be thinking about what, what, what can we do now? Um, succession planning is a longer term solution um, and where the industry is crying out for, for more shorter term um, solutions as well. So we need to think about how can we attract and, and not just attract but retain the talent within your business. So, you know, at PPRO, some examples um, that we're looking at, lots of ways to be able to drive diversity um, and equality, things from as simple as gender neutral and, and disabled bathrooms, where we're looking at, um, you know, feedback um, uh, from employee 
Um, so it's employing an external company um, whereby staff can go to, to voice their opinions and concerns, essentially provide them with a safe channel to be able to, to, to speak up. Um, we're also looking at sort of, you know, ethical recruiting, diversifying where we recruit, um, different channels where we recruit from. So looking at working with schools and universities, whether it be graduate programs, um, we do actually already have, have a program um, in place, but also about setting goals and targets, you know, um, time-bound targets. Um, when will we change and what, uh, what will we change and when will we achieve it by? Um, you know, things right down to where we publish job roles to attract the right people, how we're writing our job descriptions, um, but also things like offering part-time roles. Um, you'd, you'd know sort of well about this, um, you know, a lot of mothers wanting to return to work, not necessarily full-time, but they don't have the opportunity to be able to have reduced work hours and companies should start thinking about that and that opens up a channel for, for, for bringing on board um, talent and then you know we're also looking at interview training again um, you know addressing you know unconscious bias when it comes to recruitment um, you know making sure we have a sound paternity leave policy in place um, and one more recent thing we're looking at focusing on is actually an um, HR data analyst to be able to help sort of track and, and, and look at all of the, the stats and the numbers behind, you know, these sorts of things. And, and then finally, of course, we're also looking at sort of potential group mentoring programs, you know, get feedback from, from your employees having, you know, I was thinking mentoring program where you could um, have individual, ha have themes to it. So you might have one that focuses on, you know, women within the business. So, or you might have one that's, you know, because on tech and then you have these mentoring sessions that take feedback that goes to HR and look at how we can then implement, you know, the changes that our, our company and our employees want, want to voice. So, yeah, there's, there's so many different ways. Um, like I said, the succession planning is absolutely one that I think more and more companies need to really sort of start thinking about and adopting. There's so many other ways to think about how you, you retain and attract good talent and, and, and women within, within your company and organisation. I am just super impressed with how many things you've just reeled off there. And this is everything that I want from this podcast series for people to come on and showcase the great things that they're doing in a way that others can feel that they can, you know, take a few bits and pieces and go, right, well, we could start with that or we could start with that to, to ensure that we are driving our industry forward by including as many people as possible so that everybody within it can become the best that they can be. It sounds such a, you know, a simple goal, but actually it's quite complex in, in reality because of where we've come from and because of where we've been. And I just love hearing about your group mentoring sessions, bringing in external parties, diverse interview panels, training your interview panels. I think it's just so, so important that we are questioning what we've always done because yeah. we want to change our outcomes. Um, so I'm super, super, I'm just really pumped listening to you because it just brings so much faith into, my, it brings all my faith into this industry and you know what, what we're here for and what we're trying to do. Um, my last question to you, yeah. to all the listeners, I love leaving them with a call to action. What would your call to action be for them to walk the talk for themselves? So for me, I think we need to think about what is in your power that you can do. You know, what action can you take and be part of 
because every little bit counts. Um, you know, we can talk about, you know, what can my company do? What can the government do? What can, you know, society do? But let's reel it right back down to individual level. Um, and how can I give back? How can I help somebody else, whether it be through, you know, mentoring um, or offering your advice? And, you know, mentoring doesn't necessarily have to, you don't have to be involved in a structured program per se. You know, you can help someone on an ad hoc basis, you know, talk about who is your ally. I think we really need to, to push that. And that's a great message that you, you really drive forward, Nadia. The other key thing for me is um, education. I think this is another element, you know, I've got, I've worked with some fantastic people. I know some great people in, in my circle and I start talking about different things like, oh, I never thought about that that way. Oh, I didn't realize that you could do that. Didn't realize that this would impact you that way. So, you know, educate the people around you. You know, this is a, a mindset change um, that we, and we need more and more people to speak up um, and keep the topic uh, front of mind. So talk to your managers and your colleagues you know, talk to your family, talk to your friends um, and, and challenge your company, you know, hold them accountable um, is, an, is another element for me. You know, do they have goals and targets in place when it comes to achieving greater diversity and inclusion? You know, what are they doing? Because they can impact at an even greater level as well. And then finally for me, you know, it's communication. You know, something has bothered you. Um, if you can see something unfolding, a situation that, that you know, comes about and impacts diversity and inclusion, have the confidence, be brave, be bold, speak up about it. Uh, because if you say nothing, then it's more than likely that nothing will happen and nothing will change. So we need to, we need to be talking about it. We need to be taking action. Um, and, and there's just so many small and big ways that you can do that. And for me, one other area, you know, I think, you know, all of this stuff can sound quite overwhelming. It can be an investment of time. It can be an investment of money, but it's just that it's an investment. It's an investment to improve our future for everybody. Um, and, and that's why we need to be taking this action um, to help us all. And what a brilliant way to bring this podcast to a close. Laura, thank you so much for joining me again on the Women of Fintech podcast series and our special series, Walk the Talk. Thank you. Thanks, Nadia.